Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Superb, though, my sharing up. The Bavitar and Defoe all the way! Hello guys and welcome back to the last word on Spurs. You can probably tell from the disappointment in my voice that I'm still not over that Champions League final against Liverpool. But we are back to review it. We're going to discuss the game, the future of Maurizio Pochettino and Spurs in general to be honest moving forward. And I'm pleased to say helping me do that for the show I've got three wonderful guests. I've got Tottenham Hotspur legend Mickey Hazard. Mickey of course was a member of the team that won the 1982 FA Cup. And also the UEFA Cup in 1984, where his crosses led to goals in both legs of the final against Anderlecht. We're also pleased to be joined by acclaimed broadcaster, TV presenter and huge Spurs fan in Nahal Athanaika, along with Jack from Lily White Rose. Hope you enjoy the show. Mick, honoured you could be with us here for this show because it's a difficult one to record, but I mean... You may have already seen, we've got a flurry of messages in, Mick, hoping you are going to be the man, the doctor, to give us the prescription to try and come to terms with it, because obviously we're naturally still hurting, we're only recording a couple of days on, but what did you make, Mick, of the game? Because the defeat is going to hurt, because it does feel the game was there for the taking somewhat, Mick, against Liverpool. I mean, it was a Champions League campaign, let's not forget, that was two minutes from ending on November the 6th. It has been a memorable campaign. 
what did you make the overall performance of the game, Mick? Well, first of all, can I just say it was an incredible achievement to get to the final one. We were in an incredibly tough starting group. Um, and along the way, we've played some incredibly good sides. Uh, and the best side in England as well, Manchester City, and, and probably the best side in Europe, um, and, and knocked them out. So it's been an incredible run um, to be in a Champions League final uh, for Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I've never achieved it before. The furthest we've ever been is the semi-final in 62. So incredible achievement for the boys, the club, the, the staff, everyone's did a, a magnificent job. The game itself, sort of, in my opinion, fell a little bit flat. Um, maybe the three-week break and the weather combined didn't help the boys or either side really play anywhere near their maximum. It was a slow, slow tempo to the game from from both teams. And while mm-hmm. I thought that we were the we had the we were the better team, I felt like they were, they looked more likely to, to score than us. So it was a overall a, a, a sort of relatively disappointing game. Um, but when you look at three week break from playing and and the heat uh, that they had to play in. You, you sort of given them an excuse, but no, the game itself didn't live up to expectations. I thought it was going to be a end-to-end attacking football, two teams totally committed to attacking football, and it didn't quite snowball that way. So um, disappointing, but made more disappointing because we know we know that we could have beat that team on that day um, because they didn't, they were nowhere near their best. Um, <laughs> so it was there for the taking. Um, and maybe they got the perfect start, which I thought was poor referee in 25 seconds into a game um, to give an handball and, and, and not refer it to VAR um, was wrong, full stop. Um, and ultimately, in the end, I think it, it not only did it give Liverpool the lead, I also think it affected both teams. Um, I think Liverpool then went a little bit on the defensive made it harder for us to break them down. And, and, and we, obviously, the setback of going a goal down made it more difficult for us. So I think it, it, it affected the overall game, which was sad, really, because it should have been one of the best Champions League finals ever. John, mm. you've taken off the words I was going to say to you right out of my mouth. I mean, I completely agree with every word you're saying there. Now, I want to bring you in because anyone yeah. who remembers your, your interview you did after the Ajax game, I mean... You got me, and I thought, I've got to get that man, because I wanted to have you on here after we're discussing Spurs being the champions of Europe, getting that Champions League under Maurizio, but I want to ask you about the game, because you could argue we had enough chances to get back into the game, you know, Lloris was barely tested, but we just lacked that quality up front on the night, I mean, like Mick says, we mustn't take away from what's been a remarkable achievement in reaching the Champions League final, but do you feel we could have given anything more in that second half? Look, more or more I mean, that's the that's question. It, it? Yeah, I love that. I yeah. mean, that's, you know, that's the thing that, you know, I was at the lane on, on Saturday watching it with 60,000 other Spurs fans. And, um, you know, the conversation was a lot about why isn't Mora starting? I mean, that was something that a lot of people were saying uh, in, the, uh, in the stands there at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, as I should be calling it, but I still call it the lane. Um, and, you know, it, it, it was a really frustrating watch, wasn't it? I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. It, it just didn't have that that killer instinct and the, that killer pass in the last third of the pitch. And we were just passing it around and, and they were frustrating us. And we just didn't seem to be able to thread in our balls together just to kind of break them down. And, and I just I felt like 
you know, it's always a thing about bringing Harry Kane back in a bit early. You know, you do ask yourself the question, was it fair on Mora, who single-handedly, in terms of goals, got us into that final and the pace? And, you know, he's a handful, right? And I know Harry's a, a handful as well, but he's talismanic. He's symbolic to us. But is it the right decision? With the heart, it's the right decision. But a lot of fans were talking to me on Saturday and asking, was it the right decision for the head? Well, it's a great point. What a great point, Nahal. We are going to come on to the team selection shortly, but also a question yeah. here. I want to get your thoughts on this, Nahal. This is from Ben Jones at BenJones85. I mean, Mick has partly answered this already, but your thoughts on it, Nahal. He says, considering how Liverpool performed, will we ever get a better chance than the game itself to win that top prize? See, see I'm not having any of this, right? Because... For me, the way I see it is we have to see this as the end of the beginning, not the beginning of the end. So you have to look at it as if this is now Spurs' statement of intent going forward to be one of the biggest and best clubs in Europe, which year in, year out, we have to be able and believe that we have a roadmap to get us to those finals, whether they be domestic or European. So we have got this extraordinary stadium now the talent and the ambition has to live up to the surroundings and I think that's perfectly how we should be thinking rather than there was a lot of this before and especially from non-Spurs fans as well going ah this is the best chance you're ever going to have I don't know what Gooners were getting all salty about after they got (laughs) humiliated in back that's true right I don't know what they were getting all salty about but you know you were getting all this stuff and, and you were like well no it's a belief I mean Phil McNulty who is a esteemed journalist at the BBC banned me from saying Spursy after Ajax. He said, no Spurs fan should ever use that word again after this path. And that's what you have to believe in. You have to put aside all the decades where we've we've been nearly runs or we've been humiliated here and, and we've seen Arsenal with the Invincible. You just put that and see this is a new dawn and that's what I mean by this is the end of the beginning. Now it's about going, right, getting into a pattern of believing that we are that team that every season has the challenge for these trophies. And look, you walk into the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium now, and how can you not believe it? You can't. Yeah, no, how I agree can with you. you not it's believe? A, it's a phenomenal like, place. It, it, it yeah, really it truly is. is. It is. It is. And now we all have to uplift everything, including our own psychology as Spurs fans. And look, I've been the worst. I even said it the other day. Look, you know, we can be. I was on this Channel Four doc. We could be eight nil up at eighty-five minutes, and I go, "Do you know what? I'll settle for a draw." Uh, Let's hope we get a draw. That's Tottenham. That's, to- that's what I do to you. That is what I do to you. I, I agree. It's Spurs, you Spurs way. Yeah, you can't be true. that guy anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right, Jack. I want to bring you in because you know we haven't had the chance to speak to you yet. And Joe, you know we're seven and a half minutes in, and I already am feeling slightly easier. So, Mick, Nahal, thank you for that. And Jack, it's your turn now because you would have to feel, you know. To beat Liverpool, Jack, in that Champions League final, all of our players would have needed to give a 10 out of 10 performance, whereas Liverpool's 11, you would feel, you know, maybe eight or nine of them would have to have a real off night. Did enough of our big players step up on the night for you, Jack? The likes of Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, they've been singled out for criticism by Andrea Perlo, who said they just didn't, they didn't do enough when they had the ball. Do you agree with that? What do you think, Jack? Yeah, no, I, I do completely agree with that. And actually, taking up a little bit of what Mick said earlier, you know, with this big three-week break, the heat actually out there was stifling as well. And I think there's been a lot of focus on Harry Kane. Should we have started him? You know, he's been out injured a long time. But actually, if you really reflect properly, 
you know, our three kind of main creative players, Delhi, Ericsson, Son, they never really sparked at all on the evening at all. And, um, you know, they didn't provide Kane with the service. There wasn't that kind of incisiveness. There wasn't the kind of move, quick movement that we've kind of come to expect for Son, particularly. There wasn't, you know, kind of creativity from Ericsson. He was actually invisible for a lot of the game. And mm. we were right behind the goal. And Delhi, you could see him getting more and more frustrated, particularly as that second half went on. When you know we didn't create anything clear cut, but we had one or two moments that you thought on another night, you know, on a few other games this season, they would have put the ball in the back of net, and it just didn't quite happen for us. Um, so look, and I think, that, to be honest, we weren't a million miles from them at all. Um, no. You know, defend defensively. I thought we played really, really well. You know, Liverpool especially this season, become really famous for breaking on the counter-attack. Actually, they didn't move forward with a great deal of pace. I thought Toby and Jan were really, really solid. And although Trips and Rose didn't get forward as much as you'd perhaps like them to compared to the old Liverpool full-backs, um, I thought we had a pretty good game, actually, overall. Uh, I know it wasn't a classic, maybe, although I was a bit wrapped up in the whole emotion thing, so I wasn't really caring about the aesthetics of it at all. But mm. it just shows we are we are really close to this. And look, we didn't get to the final by accident. I know, you know, yeah, we had yeah. the last minute winner against Ajax. But we've been some big teams this season, we've been some big teams in the Champions League over the past couple of seasons. Um, you know, we're here, and as Nahal said earlier, you know, we've come such, such a long way. This isn't a one-off. This has been a growing process. You know, I've been a Spurs fan since Jerry Francis era. And I, mean, I was there, still suffering. <laughs> exactly. That, I'm Keith Birkinshaw era. There you go. Uh, with 500 I'm Keith Birkinshaw's era as well. So, uh, you know, that was <laughs> I love that, Mick. That's fantastic. You know, we'll be here again. Do no doubt about that. I hope yeah, you're right. I agree. I agree. No, I agree. You know, as I said, 10 minutes in, I, I'm starting to feel a bit easier. You boys are, are making it what it is. And Mick, just want to come round to you. A, a fantastic tweet coming after the game from Raj Barnes, who said Champions League final was a destination for Liverpool, but a milestone for Tottenham. One club had invested, built and reached their zenith. The other got a glimpse of what they could be if they were to do the same. Back the manager, improve the squad and go again and we'll be back. I mean, Mick, what I want to ask you is, do you believe this will not be a one-off and Spurs can get to the Champions League final again in the near future? Will this be a regularity, Mick, in terms of reaching finals? Well, I think it's it's, it's difficult to say that you'll reach the Champions League final year in Euro. It's, it's, it, you know, even well, in the next five years, it's, it's a very, very difficult tournament to win. Number one, there's a lots of great, great sides and obviously the failures of the great sides this season will only make them stronger next season and the season after where they're going to they're going to rebuild they're going to buy bigger and better players and 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 they're going to go again manchester city will come strong and hard at it you know so yes but can we do it yes i really believe we are i think we're in the perfect position to build uh, and and get better you, you look at our stadium it it really is as the guys have just touched on it really is for me the best stadium i've ever seen and and i've yeah. played in a few <laughs> in my time I've never seen nothing like this, and 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 obviously I've seen it slightly, maybe slightly different to you guys. Is that I've had an insight into not just the stadium itself, but the the background of the stadium, what it's like on the inside, and and in a, in every part of the stadium, it 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 really is quite incredible. So there's a good starting base. Our training facilities is absolutely second to none. Uh, and while I'm not a massive believer in saying um, that, you know, I, as a kid, for instance, all I used to do is have a wall and a ball. And I used to kick the ball off the wall and control it. And I used to kick it off at varying heights. 
um, so it would come back harder, faster, softer. However I played it, it would come back. So a wall and a ball is good enough to take you wherever you've got to get to. Um, but ultimately, if you've got an unbelievable training facility, then big-name players are going to want to come um, with our facilities to train and, and obviously our stadium. So that stands us in good stead. We've already got a very good side, and, and I slightly disagree uh, with your comment about that we needed sort of 11, 10 out of 10 performances. And, and Liverpool, I actually think we're a better all-round side than Liverpool. Um, I maybe don't think we score enough goals or finish enough chances to be on, on, on the same level yet. But I actually think in overall play, we are a better team. We just need to finish more of our chances. And even in the, in the final on Saturday... Um, there was a few off chances there that I'm certain, you know, if you look at a, a Grigi's goal, it was an off chance and he took yeah. it away into the far corner. If you look at the Mura chance, um, it, it, normally in the semi-final he puts it away. In there he didn't catch it well enough and it sort of trickled into the goalie's hands. Uh, one or two other off chances. So I was finishing pretty much most of the season. We've created lots of chances. And, and you know, you look at the Man United game when we could have won six or seven at Wembley. Um, and every shot we hit went straight within reach of De Gea. Yeah, um, so we had, the, we had the game of his life, didn't we? That's right. So um, you know, you look at I look at the final Saturday, and I say, well, we were the better side in most of the play, other than putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, and of course, they had the boost of the early pen. Um, but I still felt there was something in that game for us, um, and and could have could have walked away with a bit of luck being winners. We didn't. We're losers, but. In the long term, yes, we can win this tournament. Um, I think there's a slight decline in in most of the big sides. Barcelona are going backwards. Obviously, Real Madrid have gone backwards. Um, Arsenal are going downhill. Uh, downhill. That's, that's being generous, Mick. Downhill. I think you. Well, downhill. Well, to be to be to, to, to be to be fair to Arsenal, I mean they're an incredibly oh, lucky that, side. Really. <laughs> no, no, they've got, you've got to be fair to them as well. They're an incredibly lucky side. I mean, yeah. they, they, they've sort of lost 4-1 in the Europa League final. And then today I read in the paper that uh, the only uh, to, the, uh, the Emirates is the only place where you can see Europa League football next season. <laughs> so, I mean, so how lucky was that for them? Oh, um, I love it. You know, and some guy, some guy on Twitter sent me uh, a, a programme saying, Mickey, could you sign this programme? <laughs> 25 seconds of the Euro Europa, uh, the U UEFA Champions League, you know, being a bit an Arsenal fan. So I replied, uh, uh, yeah, I can, of course. I'll, I'll sign up for you on Thursday night. Oh, sorry, you're busy, aren't you? You know? Um, oh, I love it. Love so it. they've given it large, like, as if they've been a massive success. You know, they've, they've they'd, comment, they'd actually, How can they have a cheat to comment, Mick? I know, they'd actually love to be oh, in the Champions League five, final. In fact, they'd love to finish in the top four. Which they did neither. Exactly. So, um, but as 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 I've sort of just touched on, a lot of the big sides are, are sort of on the decline. Uh, Manchester City, obviously, Liverpool are on the up. Man City on the up. Mm -hmm. But the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid's, they're all on the decline. So, well, this, what's Chelsea this, going to be like, Mickey, without Eden well, Hazard? Well, even without Eden Hazard, you know, they've got a transfer ban. Um, so, how do they replace losing their best player? Not just no. their best player that the. the He's the talisman. He's, he's, he's the Harry Kane of, of Tottenham Hotspur. He's the Lionel Messi of Barcelona. Yeah. Um, and, and he's um, leaving, um, hopefully. <laughs> and um, 
Well, and you've got an owner that's, that wants to offload the club as well, clearly. That's right. And, and, and how do they replace them? So, yeah, a lot of the big sides are on the decline. We're not. We're on the up. And um, I've got no doubt, and, and I don't know, and I'm not, I'm not talking as if I've heard something here, but I've got no doubt we will be signing players in the summer. Um, there's one or two that I quite fancy as well. I've heard that we are interested in um, the midfielder, Madison, from Leicester. Very, very impressed with him. Young boy. Just the type of player that Poch loves to sign. He likes to sign young, up-and-coming stars and make them into world-class stars. Um, so I, I really like Madison. I think he could be super in our team. And and the one, you know, you've latched onto Delhi and, and, and Ericsson who didn't perform as well as they can. Great players that they are. They didn't mm-hmm. perform as well as can. But someone, someone somewhere has got to get something behind these guys and pushing them. Well, that's you know, what I'm going to ask you, Mick. Do you, do you feel, honestly, Mick, just so I'll ask you this question, because obviously to have you on the show tonight is, is obviously fantastic for us because you're an ex-player, you know what it's like to win. And I want to ask you, you know, we have it a lot when we do the radio shows, especially the podcast, and we question, is the show lacking winners? I mean, we've got players in the squad that have won, you know, leagues in obviously other other countries. They haven't won a Premier League. And I just wonder, do you feel in any way, is the squad lacking that player that has been there, done it, that bit of nowhere of how to get over the line, if you see where I'm coming from? Well, certainly, you'd have to say, in terms of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club and winning things for us, um, of course, we haven't we haven't won anything recently. So um, uh, there's no. But uh, but again, it, it doesn't really matter. It's it's it, you know at some point, um, you know, take take go back to my team in the eighties. We had World Cup winners in our team. We had unbelievable footballers in it, mm. uh, and it took us a while to start winning things. Once you win things, it then gives you the platform and the belief, the belief that when you get to the point of a semi-final or a final, you need to dig deep and find something within yourself to, to pull out the performance of your life, to win it, you're able to do it. And, and I, I look back at that little era and I think, in, you know, in 1984 in the, in the UEFA Cup final, we had no Glenn Oddle, we had no Steve Perry, we had no Ray Clements, no Garth Crooks, no Ozzy Ardiles, five, six of the starting 11 injured and we had a, a group of kids coming in from the youth team and, and reserves um, but we had a belief that it, we, because we did it previous we had players out on the pitch that w- would been there with one trophy so we knew how to to get over the line and and that's what the only thing that I feel our side's lacking is winning a trophy and when we win a trophy uh, and I don't want it to be short term. I don't want this win a trophy one year, maybe win one the next year, and then the team break up. Too, too, too many times in our history, it's we've true. had yeah, it's so true. great yeah. teams who've won two or three trophies, and then it's broken up, and, yeah. and it's been a little seven, eight, nine, ten year period before we win again. No, we ain't got a bill for that. We got a bill to win trophies or or reach finals year in year out because mm. this club's big enough and great enough to do that. And we are um, sort of on the cusp of achieving that. But until we get over the line, um, it's difficult to, to know when you're in the position Mickey, to get over. Yeah. M- Mickey, can I ask you a question? What difference do you think it will make the fact that now this team, and it's a great question Ricky asked, but that point at which now you know what it feels like to be in a major final. And OK, it didn't work out well for you. Is there a sense that once you've experienced that and you like the taste of it, that will drive you on? Do you think that will have an effect? Well, yeah, I think, well, number one, the next time you get there, it, it makes it 
uh, you understand what's required you understand how you're going to feel before the, there's a lot of learning that takes place when you're in a big final when i was in um my first big final it was a fa cup final which at the time was very very big um i sort of didn't know what to expect till i got there and then when i was there i was ex- experiencing the the build up and uh, and you get carried away with things you know you you go along on the crest of a wave um but when you walk out onto the pitch you've got to sort of find find yourself if you like it, it's and 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 it does come you know you look at liverpool for instance they lost last year in the final yeah um i actually felt they were more equipped to sorry not more equipped they were um, they actually played better last year against Real Madrid than they did this year against us. I actually yeah. thought, thought they looked very tentative and very nervous. Given mm. that they'd been in the same final the year before, um, I was expecting Liverpool to come at us, throw everything at us in the first 20 minutes because clearly we would be a bit tense and uptight, not knowing what to expect because we'd not been there before. But it never happened. And while they will argue, well, we went straight at you and got a penalty, and it was never a penalty. Um, you know, but... Of course, you must learn from these types of situations and it must give you the confidence to be able to get back into that situation. Until we get over the line as a team, we actually don't know. We don't know yet. Uh, I know. I know that we can win finals. I know that for a doubt, without a fact that this team's got what it takes to win a final. And you're around them so much, Mick, as well, aren't you? You're around the squad so much. We have to make that point. that's right. And I know that they've got what it mm. takes. I've seen them over three or four years yeah. turning some incredible performance, going going to Real Madrid and playing playing them off the park and getting a draw, smashing them at Wembley. They were European champions, going to Barcelona, needing something out of the game yeah. and absolutely playing them off the park, uh, beating Dortmund 5-0 <coughs> over two legs. This team's oh, got yeah. what it takes, but mm. it's finding it's, it's much more than having what, what it takes. What it is is that is when you're at the moment of this is it, you have to find something deep inside yourself that says, right, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to war. I'm going to dig deep and I'm going to give. I'm not going to leave a thing out on the pitch. I'm going to give everything I've got. And do you know something? There's no greater, there's no greater prize. There's no greater prize than, than looking deep within your soul and finding your best form at the moment that you need it. You know, um, it's easy to find it when you sort of two or three nil up, and 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 you. But when when you start nil nil in a massive cup final, you have to go deep, and then you find it. At the end of the game, you feel nothing but pride. Every time I look back, like being three nil down on aggregate against the Ajax. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but that, but that is slightly different because you're left with a no alternative there because it's a do well, or die, isn't it? Not, Mick? Do or die. It's do or yeah. die. We've got yeah, nowhere yeah. else to go. When you start in a cup final. It's not do or die. There's not. There's not nowhere else to go. You've got something to lose. At three nil down, you've got nothing to lose. And while it was incredible, and it was one of the greatest nights of my footballing oh, life, that oh, the, 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 the Manchester all City of us. game, all of, <laughs> all of us, the Manchester City game and the Ajax game, yeah, will will go down in history as probably the two greatest Champions League games ever played. Yeah, um, I mean. you know. But but again, they they sort of almost bordered on. Um, nothing to lose uh, at the start of a Champions League Cup final there's something to lose and, 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 and then that's when your mentality kicks in that's when you have to really dig uh, and ask questions of yourself and find your best form now not everybody will um, but but a fair amount of you have to not will you have to otherwise 
you're not going to win. And, and we fell just short of everyone finding out. Just on Harry Kane and about the selection. So James Fitzgerald says, a brave new world. Was Poch brave or too gutless to drop Harry Kane, who gave nothing to the team on the night? I mean, it, it does sound fairly harsh, but give us your thoughts on that, Jack. I want to get your thoughts on ask Mick and Nahal. Give us your thoughts on the selection of Harry Kane on the night. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, obviously he hadn't played for a few a few weeks. Um, but look, you don't know what happens in training. I, I don't think you would have play, he would have played him if he wasn't ready. I think also, you know, look, he's our best player. He's one of the best strikers in Europe. You know, if Messi or Ronaldo were even 80% fit, you play them. And it's the same thing for Kane. And I think actually that he wasn't actually that poor on the night at all. I don't think he got the service at all. I think his movement was pretty good. I think he was a bit of a handful for Van Dijk and Matip. Um, and it just it didn't fall right for him on on the day. But those those things happen. I think that when the team sheet was announced, we were like, well, that's that's the best team. If you if you on paper wrote out your best eleven for Spurs, Harry Kane would be that in that team every single time as with everybody else. So you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Or has done great uh, the last couple of rounds. Um, but also, I thought he's a great player to bring on for the last half an hour if the defence is tiring. He opens up up a bit with his pace. I think he was the right decision, decision to start him. Um, and actually, I think there were other players who probably gave less in terms of performance. As I said, you know, Delhi, Son and Ericsson had a pretty poor game or not up to their usual standards. Um, and, and maybe one of those guys could have dropped out. But, you know, I, I'd absolutely played him 100%. It's such a difficult one, this one, because now I'm going to bring you in here on the selection, mm. because let's be honest about it, you know, it's a difficult one. I mean, I believe Maurizio, as Mick, I'm sure, will probably back up here, you know, he picks a team in his mind that is best to go out there and win the game. It's not about favourites, it's yeah. about him seeing this squad over the last three weeks. Yeah, he knows who's fit, he trusts in his 11. Let's not forget, it's the biggest game for him in his career as it is for the players. So, you know, it changes your reputation as a manager. If he if he wins the Champions League, it puts him in a whole different bracket to what he was beforehand as a manager. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. on the selection, you made the point, Nahal, that, you know, Mora, for what he gave in that semi-final, to be on the bench astounded me. And a question, again, we have in here is why did he have to pick between Harry and Lucas? Habib Hayat says, how did it ever become a question? Why couldn't both of them start? What was your reaction when you saw the team? You know, I just felt as though I would have liked to have seen Mora start. And I understand that Harry Kane has this aura about him which lifts everyone. I mean, Tripp said, didn't he? He did. At yeah. half-time in Tripp the Ajax Danny game, both said it. That's it, right. was, it, was, it was that Harry Kane addressed him. And also, as well, of course, anyone who thought he wasn't fit, the way he ran on the pitch at the end of the Ajax game, or when everyone, this oh, right, it. Harry Kane's back then. Yeah, <laughs> Harry Kane's back. He's looking like Usain Bolt, the way he ran onto the pitch at the end of that. I just felt as though, look, it's heart and head, like I said before, isn't it? And yes, of course, listen, I'm 100% in Poch we trust. Right, so there's no way he's the guy, right? He's the guy. The fact we're having this conversation about being in the Champions League final is about Pochettino, but it just felt as though Mora did something so special. Like, Mm -hmm. I just look at it from any business point of view, right? Yeah, any business that you're in, if some if your lead salesman, right, smashes it out the ballpark, does more sales than any salesmen or women have done, right. And then there's a big sales conference and that person 
isn't even invited or isn't allowed to do the first speech. As a business, you'd be going, what? So equally, you'd think, well, let the guy start. I mean, he's such a handful more. And also, he's more of an unknown quantity, right? Because he doesn't he doesn't get to start every game. And when he comes on, I mean, saw him, what, he did a hat-trick against Huddersfield. I saw him do that. Um, Obviously, the Man United game, where he completely tore them up, didn't he? In, exactly. in the away game at Old I mean, Trafford. Guy, yeah. He's a handful, right? Mm. He's an absolute handful. I just, it just felt as though... And also, as well, do you, do you not feel that when Harry Kane's on, I, I tend to see less of Sonny, right? It's, it's, I, it's, it's, I agree with you, Hal. It, it's such a tricky one. I mean, Mick, can I bring you in here? Because... You know, yep. there is also that other argument that it's fair to say that, you know, there's some people out there with incredible ignorance as well because with Mora, we have, we can't get away from the fact that his form, Premier League-wise, he has been inconsistent throughout the season. Yes, you know, we don't deny he had a fantastic semi-final, but Harry Kane has, you know, been superb for Spurs for consistently five years. Do you think Maurizio may have thought, you know, having Mora on the bench, he could be a super sub? Thoughts on the selection, Mick? Um well, first of all, can I just say that there's absolutely not one shadow of doubt in my mind that Harry should have started. You know, as, as someone touched on, as Jack touched on, Messi, 80% fit, haven't been out for six weeks, would have played. Ronaldo, all the top players in the world would be would have been starting in the Champions League final on Saturday if they'd been in the same situation as Harry Kane. So, 100% Harry Kane should have started. Someone touched on, I think it was a message in as well, with regard to why was it a choice between one or the other. Um, and that would be my, if I was fighting an argument for Mura, I would be saying, well, why not play the both of them? Yeah. Um, because it, 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 as a manager, I'd have been looking at it, and obviously uh, Pochettino was absolutely different class. And and he would have worked with the boys. And I went training one day and, and obviously watched them, and the boys looked so fit and sharp every one of them, and I'd spoke to Harry Winks, and Harry Winks said he was fit. Now, me, as a manager, I'd have been looking at it and saying, right, Harry Winks has been out for quite a while. Harry Kane's been out for quite a while. Do I risk starting both? That's it, yeah. Um, because if both break down, you've wasted two of your subs. Um, so I would have been tempted to just start one, um, but obviously Poch had a, a much greater knowledge of the fitness of both guys than, than I did. But from the outside, I'd have been saying... All oh, right, so I could have been tempted to move Ericsson back alongside Sissoko in the Winks role, um, not risk the two injured players on the pitch at the same time, um, and that would have freed up Mura to start with Son, Mura, and Delhi behind Ari. Um, and, and and if it didn't work out, you could always change it. But hey. You know, life is so easy in hindsight. And that's if, it. You know, there's some fantastic if, hindsight managers out there, Mick, isn't there? That's yeah. the thing. But Poch made the right decision. There's not a doubt about it with regard to Harry Kane. 100% he should have started. Um, the minute he says, I'm fit and ready to play, and I've observed them fit and ready to play, he has to start. He's, he's that much of an influence within our camp. Um, he's an inspirational leader. He, everyone follows suit. You know, and, and it, you know, people say about Son um, sort of, losing a bit of form when Harry's back on the pitch. It's absolute codswallop. You know, Son's played absolutely sensational at times this season with Harry on the pitch. Uh, you know, and, and of course, when Harry got his got his injury, Son came right to the forefront. You know, he scored against um, Dortmund in the quarter, uh, quarter final. Um, and, and, he, and he did. He played superb. 
but he's played superb with Harry too. So um, I don't go along with this one that Son plays better with Harry. He doesn't. But Harry, you know, when I played with Glenoddle, I could be a brilliant midfielder. But if Glenoddle was brilliant on the day, people would talk about Glenoddle. But it mm. didn't mean that I'd played any less. No, it just mean yeah, that Glenn yeah. became that much. Glenn was that outstanding, you know. And and it's the same with Harry. If Harry has a great day, he's going to outshine everyone in the team because he's going to score two, three, four goals. Um, and and everyone else sort of their performances don't don't look as great. Son's a great player in his own right, and certainly it, it, you know, he's not in, impacted by Harry in any way other than the fact that Harry's uh, maybe a better, great player. Um, so no, I don't go along with that. Um, I wonder if the numbers me, back that up though. I'd be interested to see what would be but again, it would be. But again, I'm not a stat man. I don't. I, we, we we can use stats in any way we want to use them to prove a point or not prove a point. But the one thing that we have to remember is that the game is never the same twice over. You know, you can create a stat that will work in one game, but in the next game. Um, you put exactly the same situation up and, and, and Son might miss two chances. He might have had five or six chances in, in a game and missed all five. And then in the next game, had two chances and scored two. So stats are not quite what they're made out to be. Of course, they used incredibly in the modern day game. Um, but again, um, it doesn't necessarily follow. Uh, you know, some I, I've looked at Son and I've thought at times he was absolutely sensational. Um, and he's not scored a goal. And I've thought, wow, what a performance. And then other times, I've, he's been quiet and he's come off with two goals. You know, so stats are not 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 a true way of judging a performance, in my opinion, anyway. Um, and although they are used considerably. Um, but Poch, I don't think anyone can criticise his decision to play Harry Kane. Uh, I certainly wouldn't, because I would have, for sure. You've got to think about who what your bench is looking like as well. It is that first 11, but you've got to think at 60, 70 minutes, who's going to be on the bench and who's going to be able to come on and change that game? I think if you look at the two benches and you compare them, one thing that's really, really clear that we've lacked this season, but became obviously really clear when we have 12 subs on the bench, is who are those people going to come off? Who's going to change the game? Now, if you take Lucas out of that, you put Winks on the bench, for example, then you've got three defensive midfielders on there, and then really maybe Lamella, Lorente. I mean, are, are they of the quality? I know Lorente, obviously... We will always be a hero for the Man City game, but we don't have that quality coming off the bench to really change a game. And maybe that came into his thinking as well. You know, you've got Lucas coming off the bench, a bit of pace, a bit of creativity, can change the game as he has done on a number of games this season. But if you take him out of that, put Winks, for example, on the bench, it's completely different. And unlike Liverpool, who could bring on Origi, and again, he's done really well this season, or Sturridge, Sakiri, we, we don't ha- seem to have that kind of quality on the bench. Um, no. Certainly going up. Up front, anyway. Well, I look at Man City's bench. Good well, grief! God. When I seen that, and saw Mane and De Bruyne. Well, that's it. Terrifying. Mick, it's funny you brought up your old pal Glenn just before we went for the break, and he slammed that decision to all Liverpool a penalty after 25 seconds. And I want to get your thoughts on it, Mick, because John, when I spoke to you before we were doing the show, I mentioned that I just find that decision, you know, 25 seconds into a game, to to make that choice as a referee. You know, without going to VAR, so he didn't obviously feel it was contentious. I just find that baffling, Mick. You know, what did you make of that decision? You've played the game. I mean, I just, 25 seconds in, how that changes the perception of the whole time, Mick. Yeah, it, it, 100%. I mean, look, 25 seconds into the game, 
Um, I think it it played its part in the game, panning out the way it panned out, which was a bit dour. Um, it, it was the makings of an incredibly attacking great game. And, and somehow that decision, I think, it shocked us and I think it shocked Liverpool mm. too. You know, 25 seconds into the game, I have no problem with a ref giving a penalty after 25 seconds if it's a totally convincing yeah, penalty. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, and, th- and that is, you know, was one of an incredibly debatable decision. And w- whether it was or wasn't, if we asked 100 people to, to make a, a, a judgment on it, it would, it would probably go 60-40 against being a pen. Um, maybe more, but but to have the use of VAR and not refer to it, yes. that was that sure that for me this referee was nervous. Mm. Um, I think you know, it's, it's, refs get nervous as well, and and whenever you're nervous and feeling under pressure, you, sometimes you make as a footballer you make bad decisions. So no doubt referees do. I thought it was a shocking decision. Number one, um, so Sokko's arm wasn't in an unnatural position, by the way. Um, because his arm was up long before the pass was played, and he was pointing to someone. To, 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 I think he was saying to Trippier, "You covered down the line." Yeah. So his arm was up. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't. He didn't move his arm up, um, arm up to, to block the ball or anything. It was already up there, um, and he was telling someone to do something. So um, it was a for me. It was not a penalty. Number one, um, number two, not to to refer it to VAR. And I'm not a, I'm not a big lover of all, though I loved it in the quarter uh, the quarter final. It was sensational in the quarter final. It probably brought about the. <laughs> well, the this greatest. is it, isn't it, Mick? You knew it yeah. would come out of haunt us. It's so Spurs that at some point yeah. down the bloody line, yeah. it come well, out of bloody you know, bite us. If, if if you look back at VAR, and I've been a big critic of it because I think it's used wrongly. Um, but in in terms of, it gave me the greatest low I've probably ever had in my life in football. Followed quickly by the greatest high I've probably ever had in football. You know, <laughs> to enjoy a high, you've got to have a low. And 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 to, 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 to oh, when the yeah. goal was given for Sterling, I was at the depths of despair. I was we throwing things make, at the yeah. telly. I was slaughtering <laughs> Ericsson for not putting it in Rose Ed. And then all of a sudden, it says oh, it's been referred to VAR. Oh. Hang on. And then suddenly life from, seems so much better, Mick. Oh, I went from the lowest of the low to the highest of the yeah. high, you know, and it was mm. wonderful. Um, so I became a fan. And, and then but then as a referee, you know, you've got you've got this um replay to look at and for someone to look at it closely and and assess it and not refer it. It means that it's an absolutely stonewall clear cut penalty. Yeah. And it was not. It wasn't actually even a pen. So for him to be so adamant suggests that his mind was sort of not as clear as it should have been. But to do it 25 seconds into the game when the game hasn't even really kicked off yet, um, I blinked and suddenly it's a penalty. I thought, what's going on? Um, So I thought it was a very, very poor decision from the ref. I actually think he should be um, asked questions as to why he didn't refer it to VAR. Um, and because maybe it, maybe it cost us the Champions League places, I think he should be banned for the next 40 years. Yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm going to read out here. I mean, Jack, give us your thoughts. I'm going to go to the hole in a second. It says, handling the ball. It is an offensive a player deliberately touches the ball with their hand, arm, including moving the hand, arm towards the ball. I mean, you tell me, Jack, you know, how does Sissoko 
get out the way of the ball there. You know, a lot of people refer to the fact the referee only gets one look at it, and it's maybe from the angle he looks at the decision, which inclines him to give the penalty. But I still think you've got to use a bit of common sense. You know, you're 25 seconds into a Champions League final. It would change the course of the game. Of course it would. Look at Liverpool's record in defending their clean sheet record. It's such a huge, you know, game-changing decision so early on, Jack. Yeah, I mean, with, I mean, the pace of the game. I just don't know why, as a ref, you wouldn't take that decision up to VAR, you know, just to be absolutely sure. I mean, the magnitude of the match. I mean, unless, really, he just panicked. I mean, you know, players get nervous, but I'm sure the referee got mm. nervous as well. You know, hundreds of millions of people are watching the game. Uh, and maybe he just panicked and awarded the penalty. Perhaps he even forgot he had the opportunity to use VAR. I, I don't know. But it, it's bizarre. I mean, I, I'll admit, I haven't seen the replay of it. I just couldn't bear it. But again, you know, as I say, the pace of the game, you know, went straight down the other end of the pitch. Uh, for me, you know, Sissoko raised his arm as, as Mixer. It looked like he was pointing at someone, waving someone over. And um, I don't really think we play like accidental handball kind of in a proper professional game. But to have that technology available and not use it, I mean, you know, in cricket, for example, they've been using it for ages and it just seems really, really straightforward. You know, if you had a run out and even if it looked like it was a metre out, you still take it upstairs to double check. Yeah. Um, so to have that available and not bother using it, I think it was really, really odd and, and completely changed the context of the game. And, you know, a few people are saying, oh, should we have started Winks? Well, Potch probably set up with Winks and Sissoko in there thinking keep it tight, you know, for the first half, first 60 minutes or whatever, and then open up the game going on. But obviously, if you can see within the first couple of minutes, that's your game plan completely out the window. And so you have to really quickly adapt and change things around. So, yeah, it's a real shame. Um, I think it did kill the atmosphere of the game, certainly for the first half. Um, and so, you know, it just ruins the spectacle as well as setting us down a goal as well. Mm, I mean, Nahal was... Jack so aptly puts there, you know, it does change the whole game itself. All that planning for Pochettino, the three-week preparation, like this, goes out the window pretty much straight away. You sit in your seat and the game is complete. you know, it changes in the blink of an eye. And you have to feel so sorry for Sissoko. He looked like he couldn't believe it at the time. And after the amazing season he's had as well, where he's been incredibly unlucky, I think, to not have won the player of the season. Oh, 100%. You know, it's him that gives yeah. away the penalty. I mean, you couldn't make it up. He looks so devastated after the game going through the mix zone. You just have to feel so much for him personally. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, my theory on it is that he got blinded by Firmino's teeth and he had to put his arm up to just cover his eyes away from the glare of his heavily bleached teeth. Oh, but it's so well that explained. My, like, maybe that, that is that what it is now. That, that's, that, that's, I think Liverpool practice that as a set piece, to be honest. He flashes his national... I mean, how many bloody penalties have they had lot. this season? How, how many penalties have they had this know, season? Domestic know, as well? I, mean, I, know, I know, I know. I mean, look, I completely agree with you. I feel devastated for... Musa, because he is our midfield general, he's an um, he's been an unbelievable engine for us, mm. and a guy that you know is organising and showing that real strong, powerful leadership. I mean, you only have to see him how he orchestrates players around him like chess pieces. It's extraordinary. So yeah, he's putting that arm up to to say, look, right, this is you need to be here, you need to be there, doing what he does best. And look, but then saying that, look, we go down. Right, we're all Spurs fans. We all love Spurs. It's not like we haven't been here before, right? Where we concede early goals. And, yeah. But, yeah. but the difference being is, certainly at a certain period of time, I used to see Spurs' shoulders go down. Mm. I used to see the body language change. I used to think to myself, okay, here we go again. 
No, I don't. Now, there's a film called Blazing Saddles, right? And there's this character in it called Mungo, who is the scary, evil, bad bloke that they get the heavy to come and beat people up. And they say, oh, should we shoot him? And he goes, no, don't shoot him. That'll just make him angry. And it's a bit like that. I feel like that as a Spurs supporter now. Oh, if, you, if we concede an early goal, that's just going to make us angry, mm. right? Yeah, you don't do that. Because, yeah. because now I believe that actually we go behind. And yes, it was, t- I mean, good grief, the silence in the stadium. We only just kicked off. Everyone was in an amazing mood. And then suddenly it was just like, oh, oh, here we go. It's like someone farted in a lift. It was horrible. And then <laughs> You just couldn't enjoy it now, could you? That's the thing. Like, well, before, you could, you yeah, could, you, you, before you wanted to start the game, to even feel the experience of it, it was, you know, you're yeah, one behind before I, you even get going. But, but I believed. Yeah, yeah. You know, I believed. Yeah, yeah. Because I just went, okay, that's a blip early on in the game. Hasn't happened in the, in the 87th minute. It's happened in the first minute. There's still a, a 90 minutes to That's play right. of this game. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't a kind of spursy like I was. Before. I was going, okay, cool. This, this, is a, this is a team who I've seen what they've achieved against Man City and Ajax. So I'm not, I'm not in that place. I'm not in that place. So look, yes, we can go around the houses discussing whether it was a penalty or not till the cows come home. The fact was, it was. And we could have still come back and beat them. Right. It wasn't as if everybody suddenly just switched off and then just accepted their destiny. It was it we just didn't get the chances. So, I mean, look, the Danny Rose, when we get a penalty against us previously in the Champions League, I mean, uh, look at the PSG penalty. I mean, this, this is what's coming to our world now. Yeah. Right. If the hand is it, if it's anywhere near it, it doesn't matter. Intention. Remember, do you remember in the good old days where it had to be intentional? <laughs> Those days are gone. Right. Those days are gone. I mean, when Dan, when Danny, when it happened to Danny Rose, it wasn't his hand across his body at the time. It wasn't even out, was it? Well, that's it. I mean, again, we've had some really I mean, VAR in itself and the the decision making from referees in the competition at times. I mean, it has been crazy. But like you said, then, how you know we had more than enough time to get back into the game. And Mick talked to us about us coming into the game because you know we gave away the customary early goal from Spurs. We expect that in the Champions League. We've been doing that throughout the whole competition, but. The top four, Mick, of the men that Spurs had up top, they really struggled to make the impact and couldn't take advantage before the half-time. We saw more replace Winks in that second half with Spurs and switching to a duo after Soko and Eriksen. I mean, be honest with you, Mick, do you think second half, could we have thrown anything more at them? Because I was expecting more of a real avalanche at goal and it never really come. Is that because Liverpool defended so well? What do you put that down to, Mick? I, I actually believe that the, the heat of the occasion... Uh, and obviously the size of the occasion as well that it played its part you know um if you watch liverpool who play an incredibly high tempo game um in the premier league they are non-stop i, I, I mean i read some stats and as again i'm i'm not I'm not a massive believer in stats but i i think liverpool were their the the ground that they covered was about 114 uh, sorry 105 as against previously been 114 against Barcelona. Right. Um, so you look at it and you say, well, the East, the East must have had a bearing. Liverpool did not press. When we played Liverpool at Anfield not so long ago, they won 2-1 with Toby's last-minute own goal. Liverpool pressed us all over the pitch very high. Every time we got the ball, they were at us, they were at us, they were at us. They weren't. And that's why we were, we were able to dominate most of the possession because we were passing, and, and, and maybe the reason why we couldn't penetrate neither, because they were keeping a lot of bodies behind the ball, deep of the ball, and and um, we just, I would just, you know, we got so many good situations, 
but our final pass just never happened yeah, on the absolutely. night. Nobody found the final pass to make a count. Um, and, 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 and when you analyze so the game... so frustrating, Mickey, yeah. watching that. It was so Tell me about it. Tell me about it. You know, as, <laughs> as someone who part of my game was finding the final pass, you can imagine the frustration I was feeling oh, when we were creating imagine. these wonderful situations. And all it needed was that little quality of pass you know like that for instance the one where i think it was muro who played it to delhi and he went to chip the keeper yeah that's it uh, yeah you know a little bit more pace and bend on it and it's in the far corner you know but he slightly misses it and another, another day he whip it into the top corner uh, in the far stanchion no problem you know so that final thing never just never happened on the evening and um, muro's chance you know when he right footed at Ajax, it would have flew into the corner of the net. Um, but it, this time he connects with it, but doesn't connect clean. And it bubbles sort of along the floor and the keeper gets a chance to dive down and save it. Um, you know, just didn't, that final thing just didn't happen for us, whether it was a pass, a shot at goal, an header at goal, <coughs> excuse me, it just didn't happen. And that was the frustrating thing was that we had the possession to win the game, but we didn't have the final penetration to, to to make it count and that was what hurt more than anything is yeah absolutely we had the we had the game on the night we controlled most of the game yeah but we just didn't have that final pass that final movement that final shot just didn't happen for us that's how I that's why I left I, you know I was sitting with my I was at the stadium as well and I was sitting with my three grandchildren and one of them's a six-year-old and he's like Spurs fanatical and he's a very good footballer for six years of age. And he was sitting on my seat next to me. He's he got the singing. jeans. He's got your DNA, yeah. Nicky. Yeah, jeans. I know, I know. And he was singing Glory, Glory. And, and, Bless him. And, love that. You know, Love and that. he was jumping up and down and throwing his arms in the air. And I was so excited because I was desperate for us to win. But every time he kept saying to me, we keep giving the ball away in their box. And he was spot on for a six-year-old yeah. to say that. <laughs> yeah. There you so go. How, how, how apparent it was. Mick, can I um, ask you? I mean, you said there about earlier in the show, you said about finding the inner strength to, you know, when you are behind to get back into a game. And, you know, a lot of Spurs fans out there, you know, you're not, you know, you're on Twitter and obviously social media, you know what it's like. It's very easy after the game to criticise players. Christian Eriksen, Deli Ali, you know, these are two of our star players. They've got the ability to change a game, they've got, you know, moments in them where they have got the capability to score themselves. What was the reason? You know, because people saying, you know, when it's their biggest game of your life, you just expect them to turn up and give out a ten out of ten. That's not always possible. Is that down to Liverpool the way they mark them defensively to shut them out? What do you put it down to their performances, Mick? I, I, listen, when I, when I talk, I talk from experience. You know, I've been mm, in the European final course. and I've had to dig deep. We were we went a goal down. We should have won the away leg three nil. We drew one all. Tony Park's error. We went 1-0 down and we were 1-0 down with about six minutes to play. Um, so I, I know what it takes to come back and keep mm. believing and, and, and find that pass or find that movement or find that something to create a goal or score a goal. Um, but let me say that it doesn't matter how big the game is, sometimes it, 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 you know, it's not easy to go deep within your soul to find your best form. Um, and sometimes you can go as deep as you want to go, but you won't find your best form. Um, no matter how hard, and sometimes you can try too hard as well um, to find it. You know, for me, it was a case of being relaxed, 
uh, within myself, uh, believing in myself, and and and, and given. And I'm, I, I know every single one of the boys. They gave their all on Saturday. Don't yeah. don't think none of them did. No, they no, did. Yeah. They I gave agree. everything they had to agree. give. To give. Um, yeah. But somehow to find that pass. You re- remember, you know, the, 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 whenever you try to do something that's creative or skillful, right? As defined in the dictionary, creativity is not something that can be pre- reproduced at will. Um, it, because and, and, and more so in football and the reason more so is because that if I'm an artist I might not be able to recreate a great painting at will but I'll be able to do it, it, it if I'm in that zone I'll do it with ease but in football you've got someone else equally as good equally as strong equally as fit as you trying to stop you doing it Yeah. you know um, yeah. And, and, and when you've got a top team like Liverpool and well drilled and all that um, if you're and Virgil van Dijk, yeah, and if you're it, a millimeter or out, it don't get yeah. there, you know. And and just to give you a slight insight, you know, if if you're playing in Division Two, for instance, and the ball circulates and then an opening appears, the reason you circulate ball circulate the ball is for an opening to appear, and then when that opening appears down at Div Two level, you know, it, it's there for two seconds, so you've got two seconds to eat your pass. But the higher you go, and when you get to the Premier League, for instance, that that two seconds drops to um, point a quarter of a second. That yeah. the gap's there, and in that quarter of a second, not only have you got to see the gap, you've got to then find the right weight, the right angle, and everything. And then when you go to the Champions League final, it's it's probably not even a quarter of a second because you're playing at the the very pinnacle of the of, of, le- of the uh, club game. Um, so you've got a split, very minute split second. To, to, to assess, to see, to analyse, to find the pass, and it's happening, boom. And if you're slightly off with it, it don't get there. And, and ultimately, um, Delhi and Ericsson's games and Sons were s- just slightly off on the night. So all everything that they were trying to be creative to do, you know, you, you know, you remember when Son was breaking through, he got put through, I think it was by Ericsson. Yep. He's running through and the defender's coming across on the cover and normally some would step over the ball and cut back the opposite way against his momentum and he'd be cleaning on goal and it just caught the defender's foot. Can you remember it? Yes, it yes. Virgil yeah. van Dijk, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was Virgil. Yeah. It just caught his foot, right? Mm-hmm. Now, on another day, Son steps over, he cuts it back and he's clean through because van Dijk's momentum carries him past Son. He's got no way of getting back to him. Mm-hmm. But it clips that van Dijk's foot and the chance goes a begging. And that sort of summed mm-hmm. up Son... It summed yeah. up Ericsson, it summed up Daly. They were trying their butt off, but they were just millimetres out on their game. And you can't be, when that chance arises to find that pass, to find that magical moment to, to create something, you cannot be out by a millimetre because it won't get there at the very highest no, level. Yeah. And that's no. why that's why on the night they just fell short, the three of them, on their creativity <laughs> side of the game because they were just millimetres out. Um, and, and unfortunately, a millimetre at the highest level costs you dearly. Jack, can I bring you in? Because I want to ask you about the second goal. I mean, Origi fired low into the bottom corner to put the game beyond us. Again, it's hard, isn't it, Jack? We're probably, again, trying to go forward, caught on the counter, down Trippier's side. I mean, what did you make of the second goal, Jack? And also Trippier, let's be honest about it. I mean, there's been a lot of speculation about his future. He may not be a Tottenham player next season, but you can't help but, you know, feel for him. The way he was with the crowd at the end, the emotion shared. 
He's still a Tottenham player. You could see how much it was devastating for him. And for the team, I mean, Lucas in tears as well. I mean, despite the disappointment, it's very hard not to love this Tottenham side, isn't it? We want to be, of course, we're sentimental, but we know there needs to be improvement in the squad. But what did you make towards the end of the game, Jack? Well, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it was overwhelming pride, to be honest with you, at the end of the game. You know, I, I thought in the lead-up to the game, if we'd lost, I'd be absolutely devastated. I'd be in tears. I wouldn't be able to talk to my girlfriend. And, you know, for the rest of the holiday, we bowled on a few days to make it a proper holiday, not just a football trip. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I was just, you know, at the end, and you, as Mickey said, they gave absolutely everything. It didn't happen on the night. You know, Delhi didn't quite have the swagger he usually has and... You know, Trippier hasn't looked quite the same player as we saw at the World Cup and, and last season, which is a shame. And, and you're right, it felt like when he came over, he was saying goodbye. Um, but absolutely no criticism of all. He's, he's been a really solid right-back for us since Kyle Walker left. Um, and, you know, as you say, Lucas came over. I think he was his dad in the row with us. He was giving him a massive hug. And he was absolutely in tears. You know, absolutely no doubt at all uh, how much they put in and. It, as as everyone said already, you know, the, it's the best Spurs team I've certainly seen in my lifetime. You know, yep. I'm 28 years old, grew up in the Jerry Francis era. Um, so, you know, I am incre feel incredibly privileged to have seen not only this team play, but also the run to the Champions League final. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just beyond oh, any yeah. hot wildest dreams. We couldn't, it didn't quite sink in, even when on the walk-up, didn't quite see, sink in that we're going to see Spurs in the Champions League final. So, mm. I think you're right. I think it does look like, you know, there will be a bit of a recycling project this summer. I think we will see a number of players leave, Trippier being one of them. Quite a few of the fringe players, I think, who, you know, have, have been decent players, but probably not quite good enough to take us to that ne next level. And um should expect to see, you know, a few players come in as well. But no, this team's given it everything and it's just so, so privileged and proud to have been able to see that uh, on Saturday night. I agree with that. Um, yeah. I have to echo those words. And now I want to ask you, because one man we haven't really talked about yet in terms of his future is Maurizio Pochettino. I mean, listen, I adore this man. I love him. You know, for the last five or six years, I've, w I've witnessed some, you know, wonderful football under him. Probably the best in my lifetime. I don't think I've ever connected with a manager like this. Just the emotion that man has for the game, for our football club, the way he came in, connected, such a fragmented fan base. And he only promises one thing, and Mick will notice, you know, he only promises to make us proud again of our football club, and he's done that these last five years. Yeah, he's taken us yeah. uh, further than what we ever dreamed. You know, we're now, you know, consistent top four, you know, always in the Champions League. We play football so good. And not just that, you know, we talk about the fact, you know, with the transfer windows, the limitations he's been under as a manager, the transition to a new stadium. I suppose everyone's now asking the question, what's his future now? Do, you know, does Maurizio truly believe that he can go again, that he can raise his squad, you know, that he will get the investment from the board? We've had a load of questions in. Let me ask you on the house so we can kind of start off on this topic. This is from CEO at G. IPP00, who says, how do you guys think the project will come after this? I mean, we surely engraved our names there and proved that we can challenge the European giants. Thoughts? Now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, he has to now be given the money he needs, but it's actually not about money with him. Would you, and it's now, also... You know, yeah, there is on. that comment I want to ask you that, because someone's actually asked me to ask you this question. We know, listen, that we're not stupid. We know the, the squad needs investment, of course. But there has been 
also reports that Maurizio has been offered the opportunity to spend the money and he hasn't wanted to. Well, but this is the point I was yeah. going to make because, I mean, I've, I've, um, I've had the, the absolute joy of interviewing him a number of times. Mm. And when you speak to him, and this is where we, his philosophy um, is so key in that this is not about signing big, expensive, talismanic players to mm. make all of us feel good about ourselves, right? Yeah. Um, let Man United do that. For us, it's a, for him, it's about a system and people that fit not just physically with a system, but psychologically with a system. So they understand and they believe in him and as a team, not just the parachute in some golden boy and then just see how it all goes horribly wrong. So in that respect, I completely understand where he's been offered and go, look, I'm not just going to spend that money. I mean, look, Let's 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 look at let's look at Sissoko, thirty million pounds, right, from Newcastle. We were all looking at each other, or like most of us. Well, well, certainly the people I know are Spurs fans. Were all going, "Are you serious, right?" And then what? A couple of seasons hence, and we're all going, "This is one of the best players I've seen. He's unbelievable." So Poch manages to see things in people. It's much like an eight to bring Wenger into this. But remember, back in the day when Wenger would find these players, no one had heard of. And suddenly you've got these unbelievable people in the Premier League. And for Pochettino, I, I don't think it is about the money. I think it's about finding the right players that not just physically and, as I said, sporting talent. Of course, they have to have that. But it's their mindset, how their psychology will fit in. Because we, we had this discussion about Luka Modric um, because someone asked it in a, in a fans forum that I was hosting with Daniel Levy and with Poch and with Hugo Lloris. And he said, you know, he said, look, once a player wants to leave or if a player doesn't fit with us, it can be poisonous and it can spread. And that's not what you want. And Mickey, look, Mickey's been in enough dressing rooms. He knows this much better than any of us, how important it is that all of the... And, and look, Ricky, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen a group of Spurs players just play like this together. No, I agree. You know, yeah, like one unit moving yeah. together as opposed to, you know... A, a, couple of great players here and then someone there and then kind of going oh, don't really, oh what's he doing and all that I just see this amazing machine that Pochettino has built and I just I kind of I can't help but say look all the Man United fans when they were going after they sacked Marina he's coming to us why wouldn't he come to us well why would he come to you why would he this project that we are on is not an end it hasn't finished yet right he's got to have at least another couple of seasons with us right it's got to because. No, I hope you're right. Yeah. Well, I, I can't. I just, I just think that Daniel Levy, shrewd as he is, look at this stadium as Mickey pointed out, the best stadium in the world. I, I mean, I interviewed the lead architect who, who who's made hundreds, who's built hundreds of these stadiums, and and he said it's the best stadium in the world, right? And if he gets the right players to play in there, and he's given what he needs. Everyone's going on about the trophies, but up until Champions League, Klopp hadn't won any trophies with Liverpool, had he? So, he'll stay for a couple... Look, I think that we'll get at least another two seasons out of him. I would like to think it would be more, but i just got faith in him. There's a love there. There's a, Mickey knows him well. I mean, Mickey, the warmth that he has, right, that he generates, the love that he, he brings out in the players... I mean, he loves Tottenham, doesn't he, Mickey? Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, I've got to be honest with you and say that the guy is is absolutely and totally incredible. I mean, we were 
we went to the training ground on a Legends Player of the Year. We selected Musa Sissoko uh, and we presented him with the uh, Player of the Year award from the Legends, voted for by the Legends. Makes and sense. Um, each, we were at the club watching training, having a meal with the players, etc. And I've got to say that each, we watched them train and as they finished training, every single player, without fail, came over and went round every single legend and shook our hands. Now, I thought that was quite Respect. sensational. And that is, that is borne out by Maurizio. Maurizio is the gentleman of gentlemen. <laughs> he, he, he's actually, it's almost like he's in awe of what you've been at the club in the past. Um, you know, and yet, you know, I, I always tell the story that I went to dinner one, one day with them um, up in Knightsbridge and I sat opposite him. Uh, he didn't speak very good English at the time, but we, we sort of talked through sign language, if you like. And now, there's no reason for Maurizio to remember my name. Obviously, I'm going to remember his. He's the Tottenham manager. But there's no reason whatsoever for him to remember mine. But on two days later, I went back to White Hart Lee and on the Saturday, we were playing Man United and he called me into his room, um, put on a tape of the previous game and started talking tactics about what would you do today in this situation. Wow. Blah, 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 wow. Blah, blah. wow. And then I didn't <laughs> see him amazing. for six months. I didn't see him for six months. And I was down in the tunnel with a couple of Man United fans um, who were waiting for the Man United players. Who And Maurizio came walking out of the dressing room. And he saw that we won 3-0. We got three goals in six minutes. And he come walking and he saw me. Right? Now, I haven't seen him for six months. Now, I know him. You know, I knew Poch, Maurizio, whichever. I knew him. He was our manager. And he shouted, Mickey, how are you? And I thought, oh, wow, well. he knows my name. He knows my name. Six months after I'd met him for being to dinner with him, he remembered my name. And then at the training ground the other day, he had a little bit of banter about me playing, am I fit for Saturday? (laughs) You know, because I was on my crutches, are you fit for the Champions League? Great. Honestly, this guy... Mick, tell me you're staying. Tell me you're staying, This guy, well, listen, is he staying? I've not asked him. I've Mm. not asked him. Um, But um, I once said to Maurizio, in my lifetime, the only thing I dream about football footballistically is to watch my team win the Premier League I said no you've got the job before I die <laughs> of winning the Premier League for me you know and he said okay we will do okay so um, why would he leave why Ooh. would he okay let, let's analyse yeah. this eh? let's analyse it we've got the greatest training facilities in the world we've got the greatest stadium in the world it's a project greatest supporters under- in the world the best supporters uh, yeah. in the world. Yeah. A very, very good team. The best legends in the world. Agree with that. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And, 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 I saw Cliff and, Jones uh, going, doing a good, good Yeah, record. Cliff Jones, exactly. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you look at it and you say, right, okay, this guy came with a project and a plan in his mind. Okay. And his plan, his project is starting to bear fruit. You know, he's, he's, he's overseeing the building of the stadium. It's, it's, it's sensational. Um the training facilities is exactly as he wants it. Um, the whole setup within the club is 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 geared to everything that he wants. You know, there's there's the training facilities with the boys. There's the, the, if the he can sit in his room while they're out training, he can actually analyze 
how hard they're training or not training. He can tell you if you've uh, had a little skive or not because you're on an heart rate monitor and he can sit in his wow. <laughs> and he can see all this thing. This guy is is so prepared for success and geared to success and this is what his project is. Right, so now that his project is about to bear fruit, the, the coming together of everything, the stadium, the, the, the training facilities, um, it's the perfect storm. Everything's coming together. Uh, and and now he leaves. It would make no sense whatsoever to no me for, for, for anybody to have came with this plan in place, this perfect storm, and the moment that it's about to bear fruit, about to come together and create the perfect storm, he says, oh, no, I'm up and leaving. There's no way in the world that's happening. There's no way in this world. This guy loves Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. I've never seen a guy... I've never seen a manager so happy at this football club. This guy is so happy. He loves every moment of his, you know, and in the semi-final when he, 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 you know, he ran onto the pitch, he went down on his knees, oh, yeah. crying his heart out. I mean, it was the most touching moment that I think I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Mick, will it come down? Will it come down, Mick? I have to ask you: do you, Will it come down to, to money in terms of what the board are going to give him? Because I think that's the question that a lot of the supporters ask: spend the money, spend the money. Well, I, what again, do you think on that, Mick? That question. I, again, I think that. Listen, I, 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 the great thing about Poch and the thing that I probably love most about him is that um, he goes after a target. Yeah. Uh, and the tar- he doesn't get he doesn't get his target for whatever reason whether it's not enough salary or not the, or he doesn't want to join us he wants to go Man United um, if he doesn't get his target what he doesn't do is he doesn't panic and go out and f- sign someone for the sake of he looks at his targets he, he identifies them and says this is what I want mentally physically technically these are the types of characters that I want in my team uh, uh, this is who I want. If I don't get them, I'm not going to panic and sign someone else for the sake of. And that's what I love because um, if you if you look at Harry Winks, for instance, Harry Winks has developed over the last year or two into a really top draw Premier League midfield player. Um, and this has all happened under Poch. And this is the job. You know, that's why I say go and get the, the guy from Leicester. Where, what is, what Madison. Madison. Yeah. I think under Poch, he would be sensational sensational because he would develop every area of his game and that's all Poch talks about is developing and improving and the more you improve the closer you get to achieving your goals and the more you keep improving then you achieve your goals and and then you are set up for something that I touched on earlier for for longevity, for long-term success, not for short-termism he's not here for short-termism that's why I don't believe for one second, and obviously, I'm very, very close to Ozzy Ardiles, who's my best friend, and, and and obviously he meets with Poch every week before games. The hour, an hour and a half before the game, he goes in and has a chat with him. He goes to the training ground. So, uh, uh, and obviously, I talk to Ozzy about him. And while I'm, I, I don't believe I'm betraying a trust when I say Ozzy says there's no way in the world he's leaving. Um, and that's so, recently, Ozzy feels that as well, just after the final. Yeah, week. yeah, one hundred percent recently. I don't believe for one second Poch will leave this football club. I think he's in love with this football club and I know um, it's easy to fall in love with this football club because um, I was a little um, backstreet kid from Sunderland um, (laughs) who'd not known too much about Tottenham Hotspur Football Club before I came and joined and I fell in love with this football club that in 
that at 40 odd years later I'm still here I'm still singing its praises I'm still loving every and we still love single... you Mick and we still love yeah, you and I, I love every single little thing about this club in its successes and its failures and that's how I regard Poch he's fallen in Aussie uh, uh, is another Argentinian and I always say when I talk about Poch um, and, and, and Ricky Villa has been over and I say we do Q&A's together Aussie and Ricky and I always say to them or to the audience uh, Pochettino is the best Argentinian we've ever had because <laughs> it winds them up, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, uh, but he, but he genuinely is, and 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 he's the he's what's behind our successes and and the future successes that we're going to have are going to be coming uh, coming along under Poch. He's that great. Um, so I have no fears about him leaving, okay. and I think to myself, there's no better place. Um, there's no better place, and user fans maybe don't have the the inside education that I have about this football club, um, and that's where I'm blessed, is I can see things from the inside as well as the outside. Um, why, I, I can't see any reason why Pochettino, at this moment, when his, his, his project is planned, um, and, and together jointly with Daniel Levy, um, they've produced what they've produced, and here we are in a place over the next few years to really capitalise and, and um, make it all happen. There's no way in the world this guy's leaving. Let me ask you, Jack. I'm going to give now also thoughts on this as well. But, Jack, how important is it to address the contract situations of both Alderville and Eriksson fairly quickly whilst also looking to move for transfer targets? If it is indeed Maurizio, he's still going to remain with the club. Because you do feel this summer Spurs have to be one step of the game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, a few of uh, our mates were saying in some ways they'd prefer to uh, pin down Tony and, uh, Toby and Christian Eriksen to extension contracts than signing any players. Um, I don't really want to go another transfer window without signing any more players. But, you know, Toby, especially this season, um, has been so so quietly brilliant. Uh, I think he's been absolutely fantastic this season. Um, and although Christian Eriksen probably hasn't had the best season compared to a few of his last ones, you know, he's still like creating, you know, as many assists as anybody else. Uh, his work rate's still phenomenal. You know, he's clearly an unbelievable player. So keeping them, I think, is a real statement of intent. You know, if we want to con continue, you know, getting to Champions League finals, competing for the Premier League, we've got to keep players like this. You know, they're absolutely world class. So I think, you know, to kind of, I, I absolutely hear what Mick says about James Madison. I think he's going to develop into a really, really good player. I don't think he's a light for light replacement for Ericsson just yet. And um, it's hard to see whether we'd be able to replace uh, them with any kind of quality or, you know, the same quality uh, as we've got at the moment. So, yeah, absolutely crucial to get them down to contract extensions. And also, you know, we've got to do our business early in terms of the transfer window. You know, players like Cessignon and Dombele, you know, players like that are really in high demand. We've got to move early and make sure we sign them as quickly as possible. I agree with that. And no, you know, we've had a load of... You know, comments that have come out today from the players, Ben Davis especially saying, he has, on Pochettino he says, he has put the building blocks in place to put us where we've been in the Champions League. As a group of players, we really hope he stays because he's the one to take us to the next level. Now it's clear the players still believe in him now. Yeah, of course. And supporters, I'm sure the majority believe Maurizio is still the right man for the job. This oh, needs mate, to, who, this who need, women well, I'm sorry, how could you be a Spurs yeah, player, Ricky? Agree, sorry, agree. a Spurs supporter and not believe in Poch. Yeah. Like, who, who would do that? No, like, it's madness. What I want to ask you is how quickly do the club need to get this resolved sorted so we can, you know, 
relax knowing the man's going to be here for next season. Because I think with fans at the moment, naturally, we're kind of at the end of what's been an incredible journey. Don't get me wrong, it's been an incredible journey, this Champions League. And we're here now. We're not too sure what's going to happen with the manager. Just, we want this to be resolved quickly so we can, you know, start to already press ahead with the summer business. I think this is probably just part of a negotiation tactic with the chairman and it's part of the game that is played at this level, especially with someone who's such an amazing negotiator as Daniel Levy. <laughs> and this is what it's all about. And I think it will settle. It'll be fine. He's staying. It would it would crush the project yeah. in many ways because he's integral to the project. So there's no way that's going to be allowed to happen. Where would he go? He's not going to go anywhere else in the Premier League, that's for certain. Um, Real Madrid, no, not at this stage anyway. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense. I think it's just part of the leverage that you need to, to play. You know, it's like one of those things. I mean, I used to work in the music industry and no one wants to sign an act that no other record company wants, right? They wait. They, they could have had the band early. They could have had it for half the price. Yeah. But then another label comes in and another label comes in and suddenly they're all having a bum fight about it. <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the deal, right? I mean, that's how you play the game. You have to get the leverage with the chairman by going, well, you know, you need to dance around a little bit, don't you? You need to kind of, you can't just... Give it all, you know. You can, you're not going to get more than a kiss and a cuddle on the first date of this one. <laughs> it's just going to have to be allowed to just play out, and it's fine. I mean, I just don't see any reason. There's no, a, there's no reason to panic. Mm. B, there's just the incredible. As, as all of us gentlemen have said, there's this project that is underway, which is, as I said, it's the Saturday mark the end of the beginning, not the beginning of the end, and we will just. It's, it's about flourishing and, and, and he's an integral part of that and everyone knows that. But that still doesn't mean that you shouldn't play the game a bit, right? I agree. That's what the negotiation yeah. process is all about. I'd do it. I think we'd all do it here, you know, but he's staying. Well, there he's you go. Staying. I think that's the perfect way to end the show. Let's hope the man is staying. We've got such an exciting future to look forward to. And can Indeed. I just say... Mickey, thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. Never no under pleasure. easy circumstances. It's been a pleasure, Mick, and I hope we can get you back on. Yeah, no problem. In the future. You've been wonderful. Anytime. You're Thanks, guys. an absolute star. Nahal, thank, thank you ever so much. And I have to say again, Nahal, no one can forget. You've got to go back. Where can I see that video, Nahal? Is it still on your Twitter where, you know, you're describing the emotion to <laughs> that Ajax Champions League semi-final second leg. Honestly, this man, I watched that video... And I almost grabbed him through the screen. And I thought, <laughs> I've got to go and get this man. He was just incredible. Thank you ever Mate, so much, your, re your retweeting of it added hundreds of Spurs oh. fans to my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that day it went absolutely mad. But it was just the raw emotion of it. Yeah. And we all felt it. And yeah. it just so happened that I got given an opportunity on BBC Sport oh. um, to articulate it. It was wonderful. Nahal, thank you so much. And again, I hope we can get you back on in the future. You've been oh, amazing. 100%. You're a absolute star. Absolute honour. To be in the company of Mickey has an oh, absolute honour. Well, there you go. This is 100%. it, isn't it? And Jack, thank you ever so much for coming on tonight. A debut for you. I hope, like I say, this won't be the first or last. We want to get you back on, Jack. Absolute pleasure. Well, look, it's been an absolute honour to share, you know, this podcast with you guys. I mean, what a privilege oh, to be sharing oh. it with Mickey and how Of course, you, Ricky, as well. So, you know, tops off a, a pretty magical weekend, I guess. Yes. Yeah, well, listen, guys. Absolutely. We'll all catch up for a pint someday, don't we? Yes, let's meet, up, let's meet up and do it in the pub. 100%. Exactly agree right. with that one. 
it might be better when we're battered, we might enjoy it more. <laughs> <laughs> but playing us out, we've got Dan from Yidvids with his latest compilation for the season review of 1819. Thank you guys for all your tremendous support across the season. Don't you worry, we've still got loads more last word on Spurs shows to bring you across the summer. Thank you for your support. Keep the faith. And as always, come on you Spurs. Hate me when I'm gone, I'll make it worth your while when I'm successful But when I'm here I need your kindness cause the climb is always stressful Clumsily gas myself by thinking I'll be better off alone I'll leave my peace in pieces all around the decent people back at home Cause I'm a big boy and I don't want it If I pull the wall back from my eyes I can't see clear The world is at my feet tonight I'm standing on the ceiling Tottenham go above Chelsea Become the closest challengers to Liverpool and Manchester City Position. We need to be consistent during the whole season, and we are capable to show um, that performance. Sure that we are going to, to be there. Stand for causes I don't understand and make a statement. I fall short on knowledge. I don't even watch the news. Scenario for Tottenham and Spurs pick themselves up. Can't be asked with Colin. Points of no return in the Champions League for Tottenham. Have any chance of reaching the last 16? Cause I'm a big boy in the battle, I won't end. If I pull the ball back from my eyes, I can't see clear. The world is at my feet tonight, I'm standing on the ceiling. Well deserved, Spurs are going through. And I fall, 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 fall comes It's about to, to enjoy that we are in the quarterfinal. The most important competition is in we need to feel proud. Destroy the status quo until I know I found a common ground. The day of the Tottenham title dream died. I'm not alone, I'm just focused in my soul. Surely they've given themselves too much to do now. I'm fine, I just need time to turn this into home. I'm good, believe me. Believe me when I say I'm gonna be big explosive. Yeah!
Mora on the hat trick. Oh, oh my God! Eric Sanford, what a goal! No ideas coming, he's driving me mad. Thank you, football. This type of emotion without football, I think, is impossible to live. To play a final is it's amazing. I want to remember my family. For the people that support us in that moment, it's, it's amazing to, to reward them. We need to be ready now to prepare the, the final moment. And it's the moment of truth for the players of Tottenham Hotspur. The semi-finals were stunning. What's in store in Madrid? Will the Champions League trophy head to London or Liverpool? And the referee's given a penalty. And he scores. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.